Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Sabanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 21, Love Hurts. It originally aired on May 18, 1999, and had 5.68 million viewers. Okay, so I, I can start off this one since you started off the last one. Sure. And can I just say, I am so, so, so excited about this episode. We got some good stuff going on here. I know, and I feel like we've been dropping hints the last few episodes. We're like, hmm, is Leo coming back? Is Leo I know, coming back? waiting for this to happen. Two episodes ago was like our last. After that episode, I thought this was going to be next. I did too. I forgot that the power of two was in between. Yeah, me too. But anyways, I'm just glad we made it. <laughs> so <laughs> this episode starts out just outside on the street, and there is this blonde woman crossing the street with a brown bag and looking around kind of frantically while walking to her car and she drops her bag and cuts her hand on this broken bottle while she's picking it back up and we hear this little like chimey sound effect and then all of a sudden Leo appears behind her and he's like it's all right Daisy and she's like Leo thank god it's you saying how she's been scared And he's like, look, you just have to stay strong a little longer, and then you'll be safe. And she's like, he's out there, Leo. He's going to find me. I've seen what he can do, his powers. And then Leo heals the cut on her hand, and he tells her to trust him and that she has a special future, and that's why he wanted her to come to San Francisco. And he says that he's got powerful friends here who can help you. And we find out that the guy looking for her is named Alec and Leo made Daisy invisible to him. And then all of a sudden this Alec guy appears and he can't see Daisy, but he obviously sees Leo and assumes that she's there too. And starts yelling out like, where are you Daisy? You should stay here. While Leo's like, Daisy run, he can't see you and she runs away. Then Alec's like, I love her Leo, much like you love your little witch. And Leo says that dark layers aren't capable of love. He says, this one is, I love Daisy and you're keeping me from her. And then basically just bantering more, saying how he cloaked her and how he wishes he could still see her in a heartbeat like he was able to before. And then Leo just says, like, you won't find Daisy as long as I live. And he says, I have a solution for that. And then he turns to walk away and open his hand and all of a sudden this crossbow appears with black smoke and he turns around and shoots Leo in the shoulder with it. And Leo uh, teleports away in these bright blue lights and Alex smiles. So like crazy start. Yeah. I feel like we already like have so many questions from the very start like who is this Alec now there's dark lighters too which I assume would be the opposite of a white lighter 
I'll also say like this actor I've seen him in other like shows from around this time too I love him and like he's so good at playing a bad guy also kind of like we were saying about the guy who plays Jackson Ward yeah I I really love this actor too and I think he's so cute me too like he's (laughs) such a cute super super villain like I'm sorry but I love this guy no same and honestly like I know like a lot of people like really like like blue eyes it's like their thing it's not usually mine like I like like darker like eyes like darker hair stuff like that but I think this guy is so cute yeah I don't know for me I'm a very like even though my my boyfriend is the total opposite of this and I love him so much I think he's the cutest but I think my like general type that I get attracted to is like I love the blue or green eyes and then dark hair like I love the way they contrast each other and that's exactly what this guy has and I just think it's so attractive like Megan Fox you know what I mean yeah I think it's just such a hot hot look (laughs) yeah I mean like you know the type of guys I go for but like we all know that like my number one like crush growing up was Ralph Macchio so like if that tells you (laughs) anything about the type of guy I like that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also Daisy, the actress that plays her, like every time I see her, I always forget that she's in this show. But she's, you know, the sister from that 70s show and that's always what I think of when I see her. So it's so weird to see her playing such a like opposite character, like this sweet innocent girl, you know. Because mm-hmm. in that 70s show she's just a totally different character. And I think yeah. she's gorgeous too I think she's so beautiful I love her hair oh absolutely and everything about her expressions and the way she acts like just gets me every time like I'm so drawn to her character and so much of it has to do with what she's doing with her face me too she does have a really good like she acts with her face really really well Mm -hmm. and that's not an easy thing to pull off no not at all most people who try to do it look like they're overacting yeah exactly but she she does it just the right amount. So I don't know. I feel like we have very good characters in this episode. So already I'm right off. Yeah. The like I'm loving our good. guest stars. We see that Leo's back, like lots of good stuff coming from this scene. I know there's just so much excitement and this arrow now Leo's shot. I wonder what's going to happen. I know. I'm like, this guy is a dark lighter, obviously somehow, like you were saying the opposite of white lighters. So I wonder what happens now that he shot Leo. Yeah. One more thing. I was like, I feel like Leo had time. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like it was pretty obvious he was going to shoot him or do something like that. I don't know why Leo didn't just leave already. I know, right? Like, as soon as Daisy was gone, I would have been out of there. But Leo's like, gotta stay and hang out, I guess. I know. Like, let's sit here and chat for a while. Like, I would have been gone. Especially him being like, I have a solution for that right after he says, as long as I live, like that would have been my first clue that I should get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it took him a couple seconds to get the arrow in his hand and to turn around and point it at Leo. Like, (laughs) like Leo, you should have just left. Yeah, definitely. Also, um, another thing that came up in this scene that I don't think we mentioned is that like dark lighters aren't capable of love. I think we've brought up a couple of times whether or not like evil can love. So I'm interested in seeing kind of how this episode plays with that idea. Oh yeah, me too. I was thinking, I was thinking that same thing when I watched it. I forgot to mention that, but um, yeah, I'm excited to see what, how they kind of play off that idea. Yeah. So then we are at the manor 
and Prue is walking down the stairs and she has like on a bikini and a skirt and she's with Phoebe. And we find out that they're about to leave for a trip to Cabo for 48 hours. And Phoebe's like, you're making me look frumpy. It's like a sign of the apocalypse because she's pointing out how like Prue is already wearing her bikini before they even get on the plane. And, you know, Prue's like, there are no warlocks in sight. Andy finally found out our big secret. I'm going to get crazy. And Phoebe's like, it's about time. And I love this bond between the two of them in this episode. And Phoebe and her both saying how like they want her to find a new man, no strings attached. And Prue is like also super just as excited as Phoebe. So they're about to have a super fun girl partying weekend in Cabo. And Phoebe's kind of like, Stella, we are getting our groove back. And then, you know, she asks where Piper is. And Prue says that, you know, she's upstairs and she's taking a vacation from men because she's afraid of falling in love again. And that she's apparently packing a bunch of books for their trip. And Phoebe is like so upset about this. And Prue's kind of like, well, maybe we should just let her be. We're not the ones who fell in love with a warlock, a ghost, a geographically undesirable handyman, and a very dorky grad student. Um, Piper was not in love with Josh. Yeah, no, not at all. The fuck out of here with that. And then Phoebe says, maybe she's just in a slump. It happens. All right, it happens to Piper a lot, but celibacy is not the answer. <laughs> and, you know, Prue's like, a couple of dates not picking up the check is a slump. This is more like a sucking void. And just then we hear a loud thump in the other room, and Piper calls for Prue and Phoebe. They run up to the attic where they all see Leo lying on the floor. The arrow is still in his shoulder and he's clearly in a lot of pain and can't get up. And they're all just like looking at him. In shock. Yup. So lots to say here. I love the energy between Phoebe and Prue. I feel like after the last episode, after they kind of aired out a lot of their problems, I think they kind of had the same realizations that we did that like, you know, Like, I think they felt the growth in their relationship. And now, right here, they're going on a vacation, just the two of them, which is... Well, they're all, they're all three going. They're just the two who are most excited about it. to like party and stuff. Like, Piper's going. going? Yeah. But she's like bringing books and just gonna like chill while they're there. And like, Phoebe and Prue are gonna like party up and meet new guys and stuff. Yeah. Well, still, just in general, I love the energy between Phoebe and Prue in this scene. I think it's very very nice also just wanted to mention this is not the first show i've heard a reference to this stella getting her groove back thing and i have no idea what the hell it is is it a show (laughs) it is (laughs) i have never like i have no clue there's a movie that came out in 1998 called how stella got her groove back and it's a romantic comedy oh okay yeah because it's not the first time I've heard that reference and I'm like what is that a movie (laughs) yeah it's a movie I love that you know the exact year (laughs) well I looked up when it came out because I wasn't sure like I just googled that as you were saying it because I was like I'm pretty sure it was around this time I know it was in like the mid to late 90s but it came out in 98 so yeah because in Friends which was you know around this same time that this show was they reference it too and I've just never heard of it yeah it's it's just like a romantic comedy from the time period yeah well anyways (laughs) i was just curious 
one thing one thing I love in this scene is the way they're like talking about you know dating and stuff the way it comes out because a couple dates not picking up the check is like a slump but like what Piper's going through this is something where I can relate to Piper like I feel like I went through especially like you know between like the end of college and like you know my earlier 20s like I feel like you just go through so many, or at least I did go through so many like little like bad mini relationship things and it's just like I feel what Piper's going through and it made me want to take a break from dating too so I get it yeah you of all people can definitely relate to Piper in this situation yeah you you know the people I've dated oh I know yeah Piper's definitely going through it (laughs) it hasn't been easy on her and this is just so exciting to me that they are finally finding out I mean obviously Phoebe already knew but they're gonna find out about Leo and what he is and we're gonna learn more about that and you know it's oh I've been waiting for this yes and I can't wait to see like what it means for Piper and Leo's relationship like her knowing the secret they know each other's secrets Because I feel like what causes stress in all the relationships for the sisters is the fact of, like, I can't tell this person who I truly am. Like, we saw that with Prue and Andy. But now that Piper and Leo are about to find out each other's secrets, like, or, well, she's about to find out his. He obviously knew hers. That's not an issue. So I wonder if there's other things that'll keep them apart or if they'll be able to be together. Yeah, now that they know. So I guess we'll find out all these questions. But yeah, no, also, I just, I said it before, I'll say it again. Piper did not love Josh, and I will not stand for that bullshit. Yeah, I know, that comment was not, was not necessary. Like, Jeremy, yes. Mark, I could see it. Leo, absolutely. Josh, no. Not a chance. (laughs) Not a chance. Everyone else, yes, but not Josh. Not Josh. Mm -mm. So... After that, we move on to the theme song, and then we go back to the manor, and we see Prue in the bathroom gathering medical supplies from the cabinets into a basket, and then up in the attic, we see Piper and Phoebe walking Leo to a couch, and Piper's like, I can't believe that you knew the fact that our handyman, the man I was dating with Supernatural, just happened to slip your mind, and Phoebe was like, there was no slipping, I told you, but you didn't want to believe me. And Leo was like, Piper, I wanted to. And she's like, but you didn't. And he starts telling them not to worry about him as they put him on the couch. And Phoebe's like, we need to get the arrow out. And he says, don't touch it. It's poisonous. And Prue enters and she's like, you came to the right girl. And she uses her power to push it through and out. It just looked so incredibly painful. And then... Piper is holding gauze on his shoulder after the arrow's out, and Leo says that he guides witches and future white lighters, uh, and that he came to them because they need to protect this girl Daisy from a dark lighter. And then he says that dark lighters seduce innocent women, and that their goal is to create evil through reproduction, and that he broke the rules because he fell in love with one of his victims, who's a human, and she loved him back. And Piper's like, until she found out who he really was, right? Obviously subbing Leo. And then (laughs) Leo's like, look, Piper, you have every right to be mad at me. And she's like, thanks for the permission. And he's like, you have to find Daisy before he does. Otherwise, she won't be able to do the good that she's destined to do and become a white lighter. 
And he says that they need to find her and Phoebe's asking how they vanquish a dark later. And Leo says that they can't. And they say, or, and he says, just don't let him touch you because his power is through his hand. And when he chooses to, he has the touch of death. And Prue's like, well, we have the power of three. And she decides that she's going to call Andy to see if he can help her find or help them find her. And that Piper should stay with Leo while Prue and Phoebe go look for Daisy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love the emotion in this scene. Me too. From everyone, it felt very legitimate. It felt genuine, you know. Leo's pain when the arrow was coming out and Piper's reaction to the whole situation is just so, so real, you know? Like, you feel her pain from the start and his, like, Yeah, like, I like that you see, like, her concern for him and the fact that she is taking care of him, but, like, she's not hiding the fact that she's pissed off. And, like, I like that exactly like she's still doing what she needs to do and it just kind of shows like you know obviously she still loves him but this is just like you can still see her anger and her pain through it like they do a really good job of portraying that yeah I'm also like really interested in kind of like the lore that's being created about Darklighters here I mean like minor spoiler this isn't the last time we'll see a Darklighter in this show and like I want us to keep an eye eye on like how much of the powers that we see Alec have in this episode we see future Darklighters also have. Yeah I was thinking the same thing I feel like there's like I wonder I wonder how consistent they're going to be with a lot of the storylines that they're showing us in this episode Mm -hmm. like with you know these different demons like Darklighters and Whitelighters obviously knowing that Leo's here this probably wouldn't be the last time we see a Darklighter and you know I actually do like the exposition in this scene like I don't think it was unnecessary at all like the way that he was explaining things to them it felt like it actually was kind of needed you know like he was yeah because they didn't know and we didn't know so it made exactly like it wasn't like unnecessary them telling us over and over again kind of thing or it wasn't right in front of us like we got the information that we needed which and they needed to so they didn't do a bad job with it this time yeah so after that we're at the police station and daryl and andy are sitting at their desks across from each other and daryl kind of like asks andy if he's enjoying the cold shoulder and andy's like yeah it's been a week since internal affairs has made a move what are they waiting for and daryl's like i'm not talking about ia i'm talking about you and me And Andy's like, I got no problems. And Daryl's like, well, that makes one of us. Daryl's like, IA is on our ass, and I still don't know why, but I'm pretty damn sure you do. And that's when Andy's phone rings, and it's Prue calling him, and he pretends that it's Franklin from Forensics. And Prue tells him that she needs his help and asks him to meet her at Quake because she realizes he can't talk. So he hangs up and gets up, and as he's leaving, Daryl goes, Franklin's wife had a baby girl yesterday, took a week off. He called you from the maternity ward and, you know, he walks over to Andy. He's like, you don't have to tell me what's going on, but don't lie to me. Okay, partner. And Andy kind of like nods and pats him on the shoulder and leaves. Poor Daryl. Poor I honestly Darryl. feel bad for him here. I love the like smooth way that like Daryl let him know he was li- I mean, that let like Daryl let Andy know he was lying though it was so funny. yeah it was very <laughs> he caught his ass <laughs> he's like hey at least be smarter about it come on now 
but I, I mean, you know, as much as I was talking in last episode about how much I don't like the whole, like, oh, like, I'm supporting you, even though you might be doing something wrong, like, I'm gonna focus on it instead of from my, you know, cops are doing wrong perspective, I'm gonna focus it on it as, like, me knowing these characters of Daryl and Andy, who I both like, and he's looking out for his friend, and he's kind of like, listen, you don't have to tell me what's going on, I'm here for you, I'm trying to be here for you, like, this isn't about internal affairs. This is about you and me. Like, I want to fix us. And I like that because I've yeah. seen the bromance grow between them over the course of the season. Yeah, I feel like at least in this aspect, they they do pretty all right. And I, I genuinely do feel like if Daryl knew Andy was up to something bad, he wouldn't stand for it. But I think what he's trying to do is like, because it's not like he's just like, hey, do whatever the hell you want, you know, like. I'm not saying nothing. It's more like he's being like, you got, you're going to have to tell me what's going on eventually. You know, like I can't be there for you if I don't know if I can, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you're doing wrong. I don't know if this is a good thing. I don't know if I should trust you or not, but like, you got to let me help you, you know? Yeah. I feel like Daryl is now in the position that Andy was in earlier in the season with Prue, where he's like, just let me know what's up because I want to help you, but I can't help you if I don't know the whole truth and if you're yeah that's that's what I was saying like pretty much last episode I was getting that vibe from Daryl too the like you know I don't understand why you can't just trust me enough to tell me kind of thing which really shows me just how far like their relationship as like partners and friends really has come since episode one yeah exactly I I totally agree so then we move to Quake and Prue and Andy are sitting at a table and Andy's kind of like looking around. So Prue can obviously tell something's up and he tells her that IA is looking into his unsolved cases and Prue asks if he thinks they followed him here. And he's like, well, I wouldn't put it past them. And she starts to apologize for putting him in this situation, but he says that he put himself there proves like well can they force you to tell them and he's like about you I won't but we have to be careful about being seen together it has to look like we're still friends I was like oh Andy <laughs> <laughs> and Prue was like Andy we are still friends we always will be and he's like are you sure I'm not just someone who's keeping your secret Prue she's like you know me better than that and they both smile at each other still with the flirtatiousness from them it's so oh hurts and she says that she's glad she's told him for real and then he she starts to tell her about daisy starts to tell him about daisy and he says that he'll get security cameras from where she was last seen and try to find her from there yeah so oh my gosh like this whole scene like when he's like we have to like it has to look like we're still friends like you know he wants to say it has to look like we're still dating you know he wants to say yeah you know and it's just like and like the prue being like andy we are still friends like i'm just like i know i know it it hurt me physically but here i mean i feel like we were questioning what was going to happen with their relationship after last episode and, you know, him making that decision, but it's clear that they are still trying to come to terms with it, but like I said in the last episode, I didn't think they'd be able to just give each other, each other up like that, 
and obviously they don't, you know, like they still do want to be friends and they, they still are there for each other. And the energy between them hasn't really changed, you know, like their dynamic still feels the same as it did before this time. The truth is just out there, you know, that's the only difference, Mm -hmm. which I guess in a way is kind of more painful because at least before we had some more hope if like maybe they knew the truth then things would be different but now we see that even though it's out there things are still going to be the same which is just heartbreaking yeah it's like the truth is out there and it still hurts yeah (laughs) part two (laughs) oh my god yeah but this was a sad scene this whole episode's got a lot of sad moments there are so many moments between the two of them in this episode, like between what's going on with the two of them and what's going on with Piper and Leo, like how I made it through this episode without crying 97 times is just insane. I know. I only cried twice. I'm yeah. pretty proud of myself. <laughs> All right. So now we're back at the manor, we're in the attic and Leo is laying on the couch and he's like topless and he's <laughs> under a blanket and Phoebe brings him some food. And he asks how Piper is, and Phoebe says that she's dealing. And, you know, Leo's like, I wish she didn't have to find out about me like this. Being with her broke the rules, but not being with her breaks my heart. Like, okay, with the corny love lines. I love it. <laughs> like, ooh, I'm like, my heart. I know. But, you know, Phoebe says that, you know, Piper probably understands having to keep a secret. It's not like she jumped out, like, to tell you what we were. And then, you know, he asks about Daisy. And Phoebe tells him that Prue and Andy are on their way to where they she's staying. They found her. And then she starts changing his bandage. And he's like, I know it's bad. And she asks if he, like, why he can't use his healing power. And he says that his powers are for others. He can't use it on himself. Then he starts coughing really bad. I guess he has COVID. <laughs> Leo says that he's not going to get better. And that the dark lighters poison can't be reversed. It's meant to kill white lighters. Phoebe asks how much time he has and he says not much and that soon he won't be able to cloak Daisy anymore and Phoebe's like we're gonna save you both Leo and that's how that scene ends. If Leo doesn't survive this episode I it would just be the end for me. I know like that would be such a heartbreaking end this like little story that we've been developing with him. I know we've been waiting for him to come back and they've been like dropping little hints we've been dropping little hints like for them to do us like that would be devastating yes and also like just it says so much about like who leo is and who white lighters are that like even in this moment where like he clearly knows he's going to die and has kind of accepted his fate like he's so worried about others like he's worried about how piper is handling things he's worried about them like finding and protecting daisy like his last concern is himself being saved it's only really the sisters that want to save him not him who wants to save himself yeah exactly It, it definitely shows a lot about his character and how genuine of a person he is and like you said who the white lighters are and how they feel you know towards people it's which makes it even more sad you know that he's just like I don't even care about myself but we're like Leo no literally (laughs) Leo we care (sighs) just emotional and even here like you can see even Phoebe's like upset about this you know like you can see that it even hurts her too like nobody wants to see Leo go and she really does want to save him too like I like that they aren't just showing since like 
Piper's the one who had the real connection to him. I like that they aren't just showing only her being upset, you know? Like, I feel like they do that when they have a lot of these side characters that one of the witches is more drawn to than the others. And we only really see emotion from them about a situation. But here, like, we get it from them all. Yeah. Leo. Which makes sense, because I feel like even in the issues with Andy, like, we see more of the sisters, like, being concerned, too, not just Prue. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because they all have established relationships. Like, obviously, like, Prue and Leo don't have that close of a connection at this point, but, like, Phoebe and Leo have connected. They did spend that episode together in Secrets and Guys, and, like, they did become really close as friends there. Yeah. And obviously, while he was working at the house, because Phoebe wasn't working, she was around a lot. So I'm sure they were building a friendship during that time, too. Exactly. They showed the bond between them, like, actually lasting, which I I think is, like, respectable. Like, even here, you can see, like, Phoebe's the one that he is talking to about the problems with Piper and things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Phoebe has, like, genuine concern for how they're both doing and how they're both feeling. Like, I just... Yeah. I love it. So after this, we move down to the kitchen and we see Piper looking through the Book of Shadows and Phoebe walks in and Piper is obviously very stressed out and like you could just see on her face how how much she's struggling right now. And Piper says that she can't find anything to help Leo. And Phoebe's like, Leo's in bad shape, Piper, and he's getting worse. Piper's like, well, that's why we need to find a cure. And Phoebe sits down and she's like, this is really hard to say, but I think you need to hear it. I think you need to learn to accept the possibility that maybe we're not supposed to save Leo. Maybe we're only meant to save Daisy. And she takes Piper's hand and Piper's like, we have to save him whether we're meant to or not. And she gets up and leaves with the book. Oh my God. I swear to God. Almost drew out a tear for me. No, literally. Like (laughs) in this scene, I'm like, I feel like that would completely be me in her position being like I don't give a fuck about anything like we're saving Leo I don't exactly me too I don't think I I don't think I would have acted any other way you know yeah and like I feel like even though she hasn't said it yet like that is the moment we know that Piper loves Leo yeah she really does and we even like kind of got that hint that she has this really strong emotion with Leo and connection with Leo from the start like even a couple episodes ago when she was like I can't get my mind off him you know like if I'm thinking about him I'm not thinking about other guys yeah so I feel like even then we could see like Piper is really like falling in for this guy Mm -hmm. soulmates for real talk about soulmates never seen anything like it So then we get this really quick, like, cut up upstairs to, like, Leo sleeping, and he's, like, gasping for air. So, like, you know, just more idea that Leo's dying. (laughs) Then after that, we're at a hotel, and Daisy goes into a room, and she closes the door. She puts a bag down on the table, and then she notices there are flowers there, and she's, like, freaking out. And that's when Alec appears, and he's like, I got your favorite. I thought you'd be happy to see me. I miss this, us. And she's like, there is no us, like, you need to stop. He's like, never, you're the one, Daisy, you're mine. And he, like, keeps moving closer to her, and she's, like, backing away from him. He starts talking about, like, their memories, and the first time she said, I love you to him. She picks up the flowers and, like, throws the flowers and the boss at him, but it, like, hits the wall. 
And he asks if that's any way to treat the man who loves her. And she's like, you're not a man. You're not even human. And he says, don't make me regret telling you who I really am. I love you. And now no one can stop us from being together. Think about it. I found you. What do you think that means? I've clipped Leo's wings and soon he'll be gone. So I can find you whenever I want. And he's like touching her face and she looks like she's about to cry. And that's when like the hotel manager starts knocking at the door and asking if everything's okay. And Alex says that he wins. And then she's like, no, you only win if I come willingly and I never will. And then Alec like puts his hand on her cheek. He's like, then I'll never go away. And that's when the manager like starts opening the door and Daisy yells for him not to, but it's too late. And Alec goes over to him and he grabs his neck and like his hand glows like bright red and he like burns him to death. And while that's happening, Daisy escapes out the window and he's like, you can't run from me. And just then Prue and Andy come in and Prue uses her power to throw Alec across the room into a mirror. And then he like teleports out with like this little like black effect. And then Andy's like, what the hell was that? And Prue says, welcome to my world. And he just looks at her. Crazy scene. Again, with the like facial expressions from Daisy. She just does it so well. Yeah, everyone plays their emotions so well in this episode. Like, I can't even stress it enough. Yeah. And I mean, we'll talk more about it um, later in the episode as we see more and more scenes between the two of them. But I think they're already starting to show those building blocks of the fact that, like, what's going on with, like, Alec and Daisy is obviously a, like, representation of, like, women in an abusive relationship, like, trying to leave the relationship. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You can see a lot of that in the kind of the way they don't stop and the way that they take this power and control and like don't take no for an answer and the fear and like the way you feel trapped. Like it, it they show a lot of that here and that does happen in real life, you know? Yeah, and the way like it's hard because like, and I feel like this is true from like what I've read and seen like about like abusive personalities, like he's so charming you like want to like him but then you see what he's actually doing to her and the way he's acting with her because like the way he's talking and like his he's so handsome and he's so like well-spoken and he like seems genuine when he's talking even though we know that underneath it there's that evil and I feel like that's so true of so many like narcissists and abusers that like to the outside world like they appear like they're this like nice person and that's how they even get someone to fall in love with them in the first place before they start showing those like more aggressive more abusive tendencies yeah I I mean I couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) that's it's totally true you know the the personality and the charm and his looks everything about it plays a role in making someone fall for you and making things so difficult it's the manipulation underneath is insane, you know? Yeah, and the way he has, like, this power over her and, like, makes her responsible for his behaviors, which we'll talk about later in the episode, which is, you know, exactly what abusers do to them. Yes, exactly. Put the blame on someone else or, like, spin it around and make it seem like it's on you. And then that not only makes you feel weaker, but that makes you, like, blame yourself and then you feel like you deserve something like this. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to a lot of people. It makes it even more difficult to get out of a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
after this, we go back to the attic and we see Piper on the floor next to the couch. Leo's on with the book open and she's starting to read off a spell. And Phoebe walks in on her and is like, what are you doing? And says that Prue and Andy found Daisy. And Piper says, everything I can. We know Leo can't heal himself, but maybe with his powers I can. And she tells Phoebe about how she found a power switching spell. And Prue walks in and asks what's going on. And Phoebe tells her that Piper wants to do this spell. And Piper says, I have to save him, Prue. And Prue's like, well, is it safe? And she's like, to tell you the truth, I don't really care. He's slipping away, and if either one of you has a better idea, then I'm all years. If not, then I'm casting the spell. And I'd like to do it with the support of my sisters. And they all, like both nod and agree with her. And she sits down and starts saying the spell. And then we hear this like little sound effect, and they ask, ask if it worked. And they see Kit walk in and meow, and Piper tries to freeze her and can't, so they think that it worked. And Prue's like, okay, so that means it must have worked. And she touches Phoebe's shoulder and has a premonition of Kit on this table breaking a lamp or this lamp next to Kit flying across the room. Then we see that happen after Prue sees it. And the lamp flying across the room is because Phoebe moved it with her mind on accident. So then they realize that obviously it switched all of their powers and then the phone rings and Phoebe goes to get it. And she's like, I, I'm sure you guys will have this all figured out by the time I get back. Piper goes to Leo and tries healing him. And she's like, now heal, heal. And like trying to use the same motion she uses to freeze and holds her hands above him and is getting frustrated because it's not working. And Prue's like, okay, remember when we first got our powers, it took us a while to figure out how to trigger them. And she's like, well, I'm doing what I always do. Prue's like, well, maybe you need to find his trigger, not yours. And then Phoebe comes back and says that Andy called and said that Daisy bought a bus ticket. And Prue says that they have to go find her because if she leaves town, they will never find her. And Phoebe's like, well, we have to switch our powers back. But Leo, or, but Piper's like, not until I heal Leo. I'm not losing him again. And Prue and Phoebe are like, okay, we'll just have to do it with each other's powers. And they go while Piper stays with Leo. So I like this setup with like how it kind of switched everyone's powers. I'm excited to see how that's going to play into the rest of the episode. I'm excited for, you know, the fact that, or not excited. I'm interested by the fact that, you know, they're going to have to learn how to control each other's powers and kind of get into each other's mind, which of course means, you know, Prue and Phoebe have to do that as well as Piper and Leo. Yeah, I think this is going to show more bonding, like, you know, like we've been seeing especially like knowing that they kind of all have to work as a team to figure out like how to use and work each other's powers. And they're going to get to kind of walk in each other's shoes for a little bit. And I'm excited to see how that plays out, how they handle that and how it affects them, you know? And I love how set on this Piper is, you know, like she won't take no for an answer. She's like, no, we're not switching them back. Yes, I'm casting this spell. Like, I don't care. She's just so concerned for Leo's safety and wanting to get him better that it's, it just makes it even more painful because obviously, even though she's angry, like she does not want to lose him and she will, she'll do anything in her power to avoid that from happening, like avoid that situation. Yeah. Like it's one of those moments where it's like, um, 
first I'll save you, then I'll kill you. Like you pissed yeah. me off, but first I have to make sure you're okay before I can like yell at you for what you did. Exactly. Exactly. And you can totally see that here. And I, once again, just the emotion from Piper, it's really like real feeling. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you said it all. I don't even think I could add anything to that. Yeah. <laughs> so then from there, we go to the police station. Andy walks into this little like interview room and we see the two IA officers from last episode, Rodriguez and Anderson are there and that they had asked to see him. The one guy, um, Anderson is like, you make a habit of showing up at the scene before the crime is reported, Inspector. And we find out that he was the one who called the manager's murder in at the motel. And he says that he got a tip and Rodriguez calls him out. He's like, you're lying. Witnesses saw you at the scene with a woman and they described Prue. Andy says, last I checked, I didn't have to reveal my informants to you. And Rodriguez is like, well, maybe not in a court of law, but last time I checked, we weren't in one. This is an IA investigation. You don't have the same rights. Then he like leans in super close to Andy. He's like, you have no idea how much I can hurt you. And then Anderson is like, just tell us who you're covering for inspector. And that's when Andy gets up and he places his gun and his badge on the table. And he says, screw you. And he leaves. Andy willing to quit his job to protect the sister's secrets like it just shows how much he cares like I feel like everyone in this episode we just see so much of their emotion towards each other and their connections with each other like the relationship between Piper and Leo and Prue and Andy it's it's so strong in this episode like there's so much and I never realized how important this episode kind of was you know yeah definitely And, you know, like, I feel like here we're starting to, because, you know, what internal affairs is supposed to do is investigate corrupt cops, but I'm starting to get the idea that Rodriguez is the corrupt one in this scene, which, you know, obviously we'll learn at the end of the episode what's going on with him, but, like, you know, the, you have no idea how much I can hurt you, like, damn, you threaten somebody. I know, that was a bit out of pocket there, (laughs) him saying that, you know, definitely playing bad cop there, and it worries me you know because obviously we don't know what's going on with Rodriguez right now but at the end of the episode we do find out some more information that tells us more about what's what's going to happen there yeah like I didn't expect that Rodriguez was going to be one of our multi-episode bad guys but as we're going to learn in this episode he is yeah and he's not one of my favorites I'll tell you that yeah no not one of mine either (laughs) like we've definitely we definitely have some multi-villain or multi-episode villains in this show that I love but this guy I can't wait to get rid of him (laughs) anyways (laughs) after this we go to the bus station and Daisy is approaching the information desk and asks where she can find her bus And the man turns around and it's Alec and he says, I told you I'll always be here for you, Daisy. And she turns and starts walking away fast and she bumps into someone as she's leaving and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he turns around and it's Alec again. And he's like, it's all right. I'm in no hurry. I've got forever. Care to join me? And she like backs away and looks up and sees him on this upper level looking down at her again, smiling at her. She's like freaking out, doesn't know what to do and kind of like runs off. And then Prue and Phoebe start entering the bus station and Phoebe's like, 
okay, are you trying to piss me off? Because Prue is like poking at her and poking her. And she's like, well, that's exactly what I'm trying to do, except it's not working. And she's like, how do you know? And she's like, because I don't see anything flying across the room. You're going to need to know how to use my power in case the dark lighter shows up. When I first got my power, it was anger that triggered it. So I need to push your buttons. And Phoebe's like, well, okay, it's not so easy to break me. And Prue's like, what was it in high school that the guys started calling you after they caught you making out with someone under the bleachers? She's like, oh, yeah, freebie. And as she says that, a bunch of magazines fly off this rack because Phoebe gets pissed off. And obviously it worked. And Prue's like, class is over. And Phoebe's like, okay, you know, that was just a rumor, right? And uh, they spot a blonde woman and run towards her, but they see that it's not Daisy. So Phoebe's like, okay, now it's your turn. We need a premonition. Where is she? She's like, you know, you guys take for granted that I'm your innocent yellow pages. And Prue touches the information desk and gets a premonition from Daisy in the bathroom. So they run to go find her. And in the bathroom, we see Daisy washing her hands and telling herself, like, it's okay, I'm going to be okay. And Alec appears behind her and she goes to leave, but <laughs> but he blocks her in this really funny way. Like, I started cracking up at this. Like, she tries to walk away from the thing and he just puts one leg all the way up on the counter. And it just okay, so, like... I note on that. When I was in high school, and, like, me and my friends all, like, make fun of this, I won't name it. But like, there's a thing we say where we say this one teacher's last name, because we had a gym teacher in my high school who anytime he would talk to like a girl student, he would like just put his leg up on a desk like that to talk to them. What the fuck? So we always make fun of that. Like we'll do it to each other randomly and we'll be like, oh, we're doing a like insert teacher's last name. But like, it just reminded me of that. Like when Alex (laughs) was on the sink. I know, like it was so fucking weird and unnecessary. Like he could have, He's got power, like, he could have done anything to stop her, and he just puts his leg up on the sink, and for some reason, like, it looked so, like, girly, if that makes sense, like, it was just, like, the least intimidating thing I've ever seen, and for some reason, it just cracked me up so much, because <laughs> he stayed so serious throughout, and I think if I was Daisy, I would have just, like, giggled in that moment. <laughs> I'd have been like, okay, like, what the fuck are you doing? But anyways, Daisy goes, well, why won't you leave me alone? And he puts his hand on her cheek and he says, because we can be happy together. We were once, remember, all you have to do is come with me willingly. And she's like, and watch while you kill more innocent people. And he's like, no, you made me do that. Those people would still be alive if you had just come with me. That's all I ask and the killing will stop. And um, he starts leaning in to kiss her, but she knees him. And he grabs her by the neck, and that's when the door opens, and Prue and Phoebe walk in, and Prue says, I believe this is the ladies' room, and he says, and this is a private conversation, and he, the crossbow appears in his hand, and Phoebe tries to use Prue's power on him, but instead she just started all the soaps and water running, and Alec laughs, and he grabs the crossbow, and he says, I've never used this on a witch before. And then Prue tells Phoebe that she's like, oh, this fender bender or fender dented in Graham's car that you got blamed for, I did it. And Phoebe then throws Alec into a bathroom stall. And she's like, I got grounded for that, Prue. And then Prue picks up the crossbow and points it at Alec and says, I've never used this on a dark lighter before. 
and he teleports out just as she shoots it. And then Phoebe tells Daisy that Leo sent them and they need to take her to him right now. And they all run out together. Yeah. So this scene is one of the scenes where I was talking about where like we start to see what is clearly parallels for like an abusive relationship between Alec and Daisy and the way he's speaking to her and the way that he's kind of blaming her for what happened, but like still convincing her like, if you stay, I'll change. If you stay, I'll change. Even though obviously we know and she knows that that's not true. Yeah. And I think the weird thing about situations like that in real life and even in the show is that everyone else around them can see it, but they genuinely believe it when they're saying that, you know? Like, they, it's almost like they convince their, themselves, like they're trying to convince you, basically, like, no, it isn't my fault, it's your fault, you know? You're, you made me do this, this and that, and genuinely believe that, like, no, I will change if you do this, but... I think it's more for them to feel kind of at peace with the way that they're acting, you know, like that's yeah, I think really like what they use to, to justify it. Yeah, like they have to make themselves the victim in order to justify what they're doing to someone else, I feel like. Exactly. And it's, it's really sad to see because that happens all around, you know, this is like a really real thing that goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as the stuff, you know, on a lighter note, like with the sisters, I like their interactions with these in these scenes. I like the way Prue is kind of using things from like their teenage years and their childhood to kind of like draw that anger out of Phoebe because of the like long history and connection they have to each other as sisters. So that stuff was all really funny and like worked well for me. Yeah, me too. And I, I like the way, this isn't the first time I've mentioned it, like Prue's attitude in moments like this, like she's very quick-witted. And I feel like her and Phoebe especially are pretty quick-witted with the, you know, when they're up against these evil beings. And I don't know, it just kind of works, you know, like it, it makes them look stronger. And I, I like the way they handle things in these situations. Yeah, me too. So then we go to the manor and we're in the attic and we see Piper is kneeling next to Leo and trying to heal him again. And she's crying and he looks like super sweaty and like gross. And he's <laughs> like, when I die... No, this is where I want to be. I love you. And she like, she lays her head on his chest and she's like hugging him and I'm like crying. She's crying. <laughs> We're all crying. All tonight, like, oh my God. Then we go downstairs and Prue, Fabie and Daisy walk in and Daisy sees like flowers on the table and she's like, oh my God, like he found me again. That's what he does. He sends flowers. So I know he's watching. And Phoebe and Prue like look concerned at first and they walk over and then Phoebe takes the card off and she's like, no, honey, like these are for Prue. And we see that they're from Andy and that he said he needs to see her. Prue's like, there's a lot going on, but like, I can't go. I have to stay with you. But Phoebe's like, no, like I have the active power now. Like we'll go upstairs to Leo. Like you go see what Andy needs. So then Prue leaves. Then we cut back to the attic where Piper is on the floor rocking back and forth and Daisy and Phoebe come in and Piper's like I tried he's gone and Phoebe kind of goes over to her and like puts her hands on her shoulders and is like petting her hair and like comforting her and it's like a really sweet moment between the two of them this is just so sad this is what what we were scared of Leo dies and I do have more to say about that but I have to die like that's what I'm confused about because like I don't think that Leo can bring people back from the dead, can he? That's the part that I was a little confused about because 
I mean, I guess it's not too much of a spoiler because obviously the viewers have watched the rest of the episode too. But, you know, that's not the end of Leo. Like, things get figured out. But if he died, how did Piper bring him back? Because his power is to heal, not to revive, at least as far as we know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just wonder about the consistency again. Yeah, because, like, if the power is to revive, I feel like there wouldn't be any concern about witches dying because the White Lighters could just bring them back to life. Exactly. So it wouldn't make sense from the start anyways. So, I mean, I guess it must have just been for plot's sake, but, or maybe he or was maybe like he barely was so alive. close to death that, like, she gave up hope, maybe? Yeah, that's pretty much what I tried to write it off as, you know? Because mm-hmm. I don't think that he can bring people back from the dead. Yeah. Because it wouldn't really make any sense. Then there would be really no nothing to fear nothing to worry about yeah because it's like oh if my witch dies like i'll just bring her back to life no big deal exactly so yeah i don't i don't know he must have just like barely been alive like it's just practically gone and that's why she she felt that way you know yeah okay so then we go downstairs and we see daisy like walking down and phoebe following behind her and daisy's trying to leave and she tells her that or phoebe says that it isn't a good time for her to be alone and daisy's like without leo it's just a matter of time before alec finds me again phoebe's like we can take care of alec and she's like i don't want you to try too many people are dead now because of me and now leo and phoebe's like it's not your fault but daisy says that she has to go and piper comes down and says don't you dare leo gave up his life to bring you here if you leave alec will find you for sure and leo's death will mean nothing you're not going anywhere and then piper leaves and daisy and phoebe just kind of look at each other and daisy doesn't leave yeah so here are two things number one um the way daisy is blaming herself here is so sad to me because i feel like that's what so many like victims and survivors of like abuse and violence do like they blame themselves for the things that like their abusive partner does to them and to other people in their lives so it's really sad to see her blaming herself for leo's death and like as much as i understand where piper's coming from and being like well if you leave like leo's death is for nothing it's really hard for me to watch in shows where like a storyline is paralleling domestic violence and the main character who's like the hero like fighting that person who's the symbol for domestic violence is so like harsh with the survivor because it's like you have to remember that Daisy is going through a lot right now too like I get where Piper's coming from because like Leo just died or is dying because of this situation but, like, it's hard for me to watch Piper be harsh with Daisy like that. I agree, but I think a lot of it is because in moments like that, like, voice of reason obviously doesn't really help. Like, the logic that Phoebe is giving Daisy and her trying to tell her that it's not her fault and this kind of gentle reassurance is not helping. You know, it's just making Daisy feel even more like, well, I don't want you to get hurt, too. Like, no, no, it is my fault. Like, I have to go. And... I think, I mean, it definitely was, it is hard to see that, but Piper kind of using her emotion and Leo's death as 
a way to get her to stay in the end did kind of help the situation like Daisy no, actually it did, did but like it's that. also manipulative and like part of me is bothered by someone manipulating someone who is already going through that yeah I agree but I mean I, I guess I just see both perspectives no I do I too like, like I completely she... understand Piper's anger I'm not saying that it's just hard for me to watch like what's happening to Daisy when I'm looking from her point of view yeah, no, I totally, I totally feel the same way. I, I, I don't like to see people treating, you know, survivors in that way. It's just, you know, I feel like almost Daisy needed to hear it in a way, mm-hmm. but it was, it was manipulative and definitely wasn't fair to her, you know? But I also understand that like Piper is obviously coming from a very emotional place with what just happened with Leo. So like I do give her the room for that as well. Um, and like looking from Piper's perspective, I understand why you'd be pissed and you'd be over the situation. Like you just watched the love of your life die. You're not gonna let um, Daisy die too. Like I get where Piper's coming from. Right, it's like she is still trying to help, but like she's just in such an emotional position right now that it's it's not easy for her to do it in a, in a clear-minded way. Yeah. So then we're at the park and Andy is sitting on like this bench swing and Prue walks over to him and she's like, I take it we're not here for the same reason we used in high school. And, you know, he kind of smiles. He's like, unfortunately, no. And, you know, he tells her that he did everything to keep IA away from her and that he's been suspended and he turned in his shield. He says that eventually like Rodriguez is going to find out about her and try to put the heat on her to get to him. And unless she's careful, he's going to figure out that, you know, it's her and her sisters that he really wants and who Andy is protecting. He tells her that till they're off his back, that the two of them shouldn't be seen together. And Prue says, I can't believe you're worried about me when you're about to lose everything that you've ever worked for. And, you know, Andy says, you know, those cases are innocent lives that you and your sisters helped to save. What you're doing is the reason I became a cop. And, you know, she's looking at him and he looks all sad and Prue's like, I'm sorry. And he says, don't be, everything happens for a reason. Remember, you taught me that. And he smiles at her and she kisses him on the cheek and they share this look and then she leaves and he looks after her and then he looks straight ahead and he's like sad again. And I just. Again, with the emotional scenes, it's sad to think that like now they're both under the impression that they can't really see each other again and that's obviously very painful for them both and here again you can see Andy caring like him still putting her first in this situation is just so sweet yeah and I mean I think this is where we really see because you know I've said a lot of things about cops over the course of the series but like what he says you know like you and your sisters are saving lives that's why I became a cop like it does tell me that like there's something very genuine and something very like like Andy's a hero as much as like I've had my issues with him throughout the season like at his heart he's a good person and he has these heroic tendencies and protecting Prue and the sisters who are obviously doing a lot more to save lives than he ever could because he's not magical is kind of his way of being a hero and I like seeing that and the way he kind of accepts his fate as like he's there to help them because they're doing what he'll never be able to. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you pretty much, (laughs) pretty much said it. (laughs) 
And like, I love how the scene starts off all cute and flirty with like, oh, like we used to make out here in high school, but like now here we are like, and we can't really see each other anymore because of everything that's going on. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I wish this was like, it's a really cute area, you know? Mm-hmm. I wish that we've seen them kind of meet here more, you know? Yeah, they like, should have sucks that this is... there earlier in the season. Exactly. Like, it sucks that this is the first time we're being introduced to this area that apparently they used to go to all the time in high school, you know? And, like, like obviously it's a, a memorable place for them. Like, I wish we could have seen that earlier in the season, you know? Yeah, me too. So, after that, we go back to the attic and Leo is laying on the couch dead, I guess. Piper is leaning on the doorway looking at him and Phoebe approaches her and asks if she wants to talk. And Piper's like, he could have stayed with us. He could have fought harder. She's like, he was in pain. He had to let go. Piper's like, well, our magic's never failed before. I cast the spell. I took his power. All he had to do was show me how to do it and he never did. Phoebe's like, how can you be mad at him right now? And she's like, because it should have worked. Prue's having premonitions and you figured out how to use her power. Why couldn't I find the trigger? Why couldn't he just help me and give me his power? And Phoebe's like, he wanted to live. He didn't want to leave you. It's it's all right to lose someone you love. And she holds Piper's hands and Piper looks at Leo and starts crying again. So, you know, this is really heartbreaking right here. The way that Piper still is like, blaming herself you know like it should have worked like she's angry she's sad I feel like she's going through all the emotions right now and I'm just feeling them right there with her and like Phoebe's trying to be supportive and like doing her best but obviously that's very hard to like support someone through yeah it's very realistic too. her kind of feeling this anger towards Leo right now you know like I don't see it as like a what the fuck like like, why is she mad at him kind of thing? Like, I see it as more like grief, you know, and kind of angry at him as a way to make it easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I think it's very realistic. Like, I think when it comes to grief, like, people think of sadness first, but, like, there are so many emotions that, like, kind of tie into that, and they all, like, kind of connect in different ways, and, like, that's why everyone reacts differently to, like, losing someone. Yeah, and you can see all of the emotions in Piper here. She portrays them really well. Leo does a really good job in this scene at playing dead on the couch. Um. (laughs) Shout out to Brian Cross, like Oscar (laughs) for playing a dead body here. (laughs) I know, honestly. And Phoebe's like support. It's weird. I feel like, I mean, there's not much you can say to help a person in a situation like that, but I feel like Phoebe's very good at, like, pacing it and saying kind of the right things mm-hmm. to help her. Um, she's always been very good at that because, you know, this isn't the first time we've seen her yeah. helping the I feel like I'm the person too. which, like, is either really good or really bad, but, like, I'm I'm just so bad at, like, comforting people. So, like, my thing is, like, when someone's going through something, like, I'll either try to make them laugh, or I'll just, like, physically be there, because, like, I'm not good at doing what Phoebe's doing in this scene, which is, like, saying the right things. Yeah, I think that's part of my problem, too. I think it's hit or miss for me. I don't know. It kind of, it kind of depends, but I'm pretty much in the same boat that you are. Phoebe's really good at it, though. Yeah. So then it's like a little bit later and Piper is sitting by Leo and she's crying and she's telling him that she loves him. She puts like her hand on his chest 
and then suddenly it like starts to glow and she sees that something's happening she's like i love you leo please hear me and he wakes up and is not sweaty anymore he's like normal and the two of them hug and you know she's like thank god i tried so hard and i couldn't make it work before why didn't you tell me and he's like that love was the trigger you had to figure that out on your own why couldn't you tell me and like okay leo you're literally dying but you're still playing games i know seriously <laughs> But she's like, I was afraid if I admitted how I really felt that it would hurt more if I lost you. I'm so sorry. I should have said it before. He's like, it's better late than never. And then they kiss and they hug again. And it's like, it's very sweet, but very cheesy. But I'm all about it. (laughs) I know. It was definitely a cute scene, that love being his trigger. And I like that they played that into like her finally telling him that she loves him back and things like that like they put it all together and it worked really well for me yeah as corny as it was it was (laughs) but I loved it so then we moved downstairs and Piper and Leo walked down together Piper's kind of helping him walk because he's still pretty weak and Leo tells Daisy that she's been out of the cloak for too long and Alec will be able to find her and they need to find proof so they can do a power of three spell and vanquish him which throwback to before when he said that they can't vanquish him (laughs) and Phoebe's about to call her and then Alec appears. Phoebe tries to move him with Prue's power but fails and Alec grabs Piper and he's like enough tricks I have what you love you've got what I love care to trade and he heats up his hand again it turns that fiery red and He says, I will kill her if I have to. You still think I'm incapable of love, Leo? You want to see how far I'm willing to go? And then Prue enters, and it kind of distracts everyone, and Alec drops Piper and grabs Daisy and teleports out Mm -hmm. in this black smoke. Yeah. So, I mean, that part just felt like plot to me. I mean, other than what you pointed out about suddenly they can vanquish him with the power of three, I don't really have anything to say there. Yeah, me neither. So then we are still at the manor but it's a little later and they're all in the living room and Piper is saying that she can't do it and Leo says yes you can you have every one of my powers including the power to find Daisy and Prue's kind of like well should we just switch powers back but he says he's too weak to use his power and Piper needs to do it he's like trust me Piper look deep inside yourself a place where you're at peace a place where you find love And, you know, Piper says that she can hear her and that she's afraid, she's screaming. Alec is pushing her past some trees and she realizes that they're at Heroes Grove in Golden Gate Park. And so they all get up to go and Piper is like, well, one of us has to stay with Leo, but, you know, they're like, no, we need the power of three. And then Phoebe's like, actually, like, I think I have a solution that doesn't require the power of three. Like, I'll tell you on the way and her and Prue start leaving. So here again, more plot unless you have something to say about that one yeah no I mean the only thing is you know the way that now Leo is finally like actually being helpful to Piper and using (laughs) I know with the powers (laughs) he just wanted to hear her say it that's it yeah he was like I'd rather die than like just tell you that you need to tell me you love me (laughs) (laughs) exactly so then we go to Golden Gate Park and we see Alec pulling Daisy by the arm and she's asking why they're there And he says, you could have been my mate, Daisy, my equal. And now you've made this place your deathbed. It's your own fault you won't live. Again, with that shit. 
and she's like no Alec please don't kill me if you ever loved me and he's like if I ever loved you what you think I could just get over you and find somebody else and he throws her to one of these rocks and these flames start shooting out of them and he says you're the only woman I've ever loved Daisy and now I'm the last man that you'll ever leave and he holds her shoulder down with one hand and his other hand starts to glow red above her face and Prue and Phoebe start running towards them and tell him to let her go and he gets up and turns towards them and yells she's mine then phoebe throws him over the rocks with the power and tells prue to do it now as she covers her ears and prue says the power switching spell and his hand stops glowing prue starts glowing instead and he's like where's my power and he looks over at her and prue's like it's hate hate is his trigger and phoebe's like well then hate him She's like, no problem, bring him to me. And Phoebe uses the power to bring him to her and he gets pulled towards there and Prue touches his chest and he starts screaming and is on fire and his body kind of starts melting away. And she says the spell again as he's dying to get her powers back. And then Daisy kneels next to them and he dies. And she's like, he's gone, you did it. And Phoebe asks Prue if she's okay. Prue's like, I can't believe how much hate that took. I never want to feel like that again. And Daisy's like, you just gave me my life back. And Phoebe asks Prue for her power back when they get home. And they both smile at each other. Okay. So this scene is really difficult to watch, the early part of it. Um, I think, you know, we all know that, like, intimate partner violence ends with um the survivor in that case becoming the victim and being killed if they don't escape the situation um so seeing you know these reactions here where it's kind of like alec is about to kill her like they've gotten to that point in the like violent relationship it's really difficult to watch that and kind of see her begging for her life um and him blaming everything on her and saying that it's all her fault that he's gotten to this point and that he just wanted to be with her and she brought this all on herself like it's just yeah this part is definitely very dark and very hard to watch it is definitely very hard to watch and even that line that he says like you were the only one I ever loved and now I'm the last person you'll ever leave like just it just like it made me sick to my stomach you know because it's so real it does happen and her begging for her life and just like in that moment probably like I can't believe it got to this point I can't believe it got this bad and knowing that there's nothing she can do to help it is like it's just torturous to see yeah no and I mean like obviously like you can see me like our viewers can't like I'm getting like very like choked up just talking about this like I didn't expect to get this emotional about it but like it, it is it's just um saying something like you know like I'll never move on I'll never find someone else it can either be very romantic or very dark and like the way it's being used here it's so dark and it's so just like like the way he's expressing these things to her it's in such a like I can't move on so you can't move on type of way as opposed to like being like I love you I won't move on it's like if I can't have you no one can have you and that's just so dark and twisted yeah it's definitely really hard but I will say they they both do such an amazing job at portraying these 
emotions in this situation, you know, like obviously it's supernatural and not real, but it shows all of these realistic elements and they they play it together so well, you know? It's like they genuinely are trying to show that, you know? Yeah, and I and think spread like, awareness to it. Because there are shows that do storylines like this and get it so wrong. I feel like here they actually do get it so right because like it's powerful. Like it doesn't feel like it's glamorizing anything. It doesn't feel like it's like it feels like it's raising awareness as opposed to like just trying to tell a story and make things and like glamorize yeah. what is a horrible situation. Yeah, exactly. I I completely agree. I think they did amazing at this and even afterwards like including the sisters in it having Prue feel that hate that came from him and like the evil that was inside of him and like her just feeling so horrible afterwards and being like I never want to feel that way again you know yeah and that like really shows us like the darkness that's inside this person that like couldn't even handle it like she couldn't handle feeling that much hate exactly so I I just overall an amazing job definitely a hard scene to watch but I mean they pulled it off really well yes and you know the way it kind of like softens up at the end when Phoebe's like can I have my power back when we go home like yeah it just went smoothly you know Mm -hmm. yeah and you know that freedom for Daisy of course is a happy ending for her and I'm so thrilled that we get to there at the end of the scene I know and the way her emotion like or her demeanor just instantly changed like so so real you know she was like holy crap like you just gave me my life back like I have a second chance now you know Mm -hmm. I'm finally not stuck in this horrible situation anymore and you can just see the genuine happiness from her to have gotten out and finally be away from that you know yeah because the whole episode we see her either frantic to get away from him or begging for her life and then we see this like all of that is lifted off her shoulder now because yeah. he's finally gone. This weight off of her shoulders is just beautiful. Yeah. So then from there, we're back at the manor and we're in the attic. It's the next morning. And Piper and Leo are like cuddling. And Piper's like, I almost wish I didn't give you your powers back. Then you wouldn't be able to leave. And he says, me too. She asks him, you know, since Daisy's human, like, did he used to be human? He says that he was and that he grew up in San Francisco and lived there until he went off to the war. And she asks him if it was Vietnam. And he says, no, it was World War II. He was a medic and he was killed in action, which is when he met the White Lighters. He says, they offered me immortality and a chance to help special people like you. And I never once doubted that I didn't make the right decision till I met you. Ever since, all I can think is how I'd give it up to have a mortal life again, to have a family, grow old with you. She asks if that's possible, and he says, yeah, it is. Like, if she wants him to, like, he can do that. And she's like, are you kidding? I want that more than anything. I don't want to lose you again. But then you wouldn't be able to help other witches or other future white lighters, would you? You couldn't help save the next Daisy. And they look at each other and like they're kind of meeting eyes and then looking away and then meeting eyes and they both look really sad. And he says that he needs to go and they kiss. And he says, I love you. And then he gets out and he teleports out in those white lights again. And she looks at the spot where he was standing and says, I love you too. Such an adorable scene. I mean, 
I love the connection between them and how much they genuinely want to be there for each other. And it kind of shows this idea of like, sometimes love isn't enough, you know, like we have to be strong. There are more important things at stake. And yeah, they both have, have these greater destinies. Yeah. Like you have to do what you have to do. I have to do what I have to do. And that's just the way it is, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it was definitely painful to see that, but again we lose leo i swear he's like comes and goes <laughs> so much I'm like you know? leo please just stay right so i can't wait till we start seeing more of him because i don't think this will be the last time could we hope that he might be a series regular in season two i'm keeping my hopes up i know seriously instead of like on and off again no more special guest star we want a series regular here please i'm begging you <laughs> So after this, we move to a construction site and we see Rodriguez and the other IA guy are sitting in a car. The other guy has headphones on and he's got binoculars and this train goes by. And then across the site, we see Andy walking up to Daryl and Daryl asks how he is. And he's like, I've been better. How about you? And Daryl's like, those IA sons of bitches wanted me to wear a mic. And he's like, well, are you? He's like, what do you think? And then Andy smiles at him and asks if he's in trouble. And Daryl says, less than you. Andy's like, I'm doing it for a good cause. And Daryl says, Andy, I'm your partner. And more importantly, I'm your friend. I want to believe that you're on our side. It would really help me if I knew why you were doing this. I'm not asking for IA. I'm asking for me. I think you owe me that. And then in the car, Rodriguez says, I told you they'd meet, didn't I? And the other guy says, it doesn't do any of us good if we can't hear them over the noise sure wish I could read lips and then Rodriguez looks over at them and back to Daryl and Andy Daryl says who are you covering for and Andy says it's Prue and all I can tell you is she's connected to all of our unsolved cases and he was like he says I was hoping you weren't gonna say that and then back in the car the guy's like I can't get a thing and Rodriguez says he's covering up for Prue Hallowell he's like what how the hell did you And then he looks over at Rodriguez and sees that Rodriguez's eyes are just solid red. And Rodriguez opens his mouth and lets out this like high pitched scream that like kills the other guy on the steering wheel. So Rodriguez is a fucking demon, dude. Dude, Rodriguez is like red eyes and screaming face like that lives rent free in my memory i know that's (laughs) i know the way it like zooms in his face gets like stumpier and like looks so weird i don't know it was so funny yeah it looks hilarious but fucking rodriguez dude i knew there was something off about this guy yep he's a multi-episode villain (laughs) and the part that's really freaky is he's after andy like he's going for andy right now and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, something tells me that he knew that Andy was somehow connected to, like, witches, and he was trying to figure out if Andy had powers or if he was protecting someone with powers. Like, that's what I took away from all of this. Yeah, and then just now he found out that Prue's the one he's covering for, so maybe that will move him towards the sisters as opposed to Andy. Uh, Yeah. But or I guess we'll see. Using Andy in some way to get to the sisters since, like, he has that connection with him already. Yeah, exactly. 
So I guess we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. And then of course, you know, the Daryl, the Daryl and Andy of it all, like, I love their connection in this scene that he finally tells him the truth and like puts the trust out there, even if he doesn't tell him about magic, like he does tell him what's going on, basically. Yeah. I love that they trust each other and the bond is just there. And even here, you can see Daryl like being honest and being like, I want to believe that you're on your side, but like, I need to know what's going on in order to know that you know what I mean yeah exactly so our last two scenes first we have this tiny scene where we're in the manor and the attic at nighttime and Piper finds like Leo's dog tags on the couch and she puts them on and it's like you know this sweet little moment where she has like this connection to Leo then we cut down to the kitchen where we see Prue is there and Phoebe walks in and as they're having their conversation Phoebe is like making something at the counter and Prue's sitting at the table And Phoebe says, you know, is it just me or could you draw a truck outline around this house? And Prue's like, I don't know what you mean, Phoebe. The weekend's almost over. We never made it to Cabo. I'm never going to see Andy again. And Piper just lost the love of her life. And, you know, Phoebe's like, the glass is way more than half full here, Prue. Piper saved the love of her life. Alec is long gone and Daisy is on her way back to her family. We even managed to straighten out our powers. Thank God. And Prue's like, thank God. I thought you always wanted an active power. Phoebe's like, maybe, but I never thought I'd miss my premonitions. Having your power was like wearing a dress that was too tight. And then, you know, Prue finally apologizes for, you know, things she was saying earlier in the season. She's like, remember when I said you had no vision? You'll never hear it again. It takes a lot of strength to see what you see. And Phoebe's like, I'll drink to that. And she brings over these like pineapple drinks she made and says that she's going to bring Cabo to them. And she turns on the radio and this like Caribbean music starts playing. And Prue's like, come on, Phoebe, like we still have serious problems. And Phoebe says, problems are for Monday mornings. And then they like cheers. And it's a cute little ending. Yeah, definitely a nice little ending. I like Phoebe's positivity in this. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have too much more to say. I mean, I feel like a lot of this, we were left hanging, you know, like, I wonder what happens with Andy and Prue and with Rodriguez and if Leo comes back again, you know? Yeah, I think all of this is, you know, kind of queuing us up for next week's season finale, basically. Yeah, definitely. But overall, I mean, this was a really strong episode, you know, more connections between the sisters growing. We obviously got some deeper things happening in our two main relationships of the season, And of course, we're setting up whatever's going to happen with Rodriguez, Andy, and the sisters in the finale. Yes, we've got a lot to look forward to. And I definitely, I definitely would say this is, this episode is up there on my list. I I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I kind of forgot about this episode, but like if I was remaking a list of my favorite episodes, this would probably be somewhere in my top 10, if not 15. Definitely in season one. Oh, in season one, it's definitely in my top five. Yeah, 100%. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok, at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. And join us back next time for season one, episode 22, Deja Vu All Over Again.